welcome back to DC News Desk, your best place to keep up with all of the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning DC films and DC TV shows. We've got our usual panel, we've got Adam, we've got Rhiannon, I'm Caleb. And guys, do you know what my favorite part of DC is? It's bizarro, it's bizarro world. You know, where everything's up, that should be down, and everything's backwards, and everything isn't what you expect it to be. I just think it's so clever and interesting when TV shows and or podcasts do a Bizarro World episode. Yeah, and it looks like DC has a lot more of that to come. Absolutely. So uh, we had this big DC fandom event, as you listeners know from how much we've hyped it over the last few months, and it finally came with all of its goodies. And uh, I guess my thought is I've got like a list of panels here. Let's just take them as they interest you, though. So like. Adam, we'll let you start. What was the most interesting panel for you out of DC fandom? Most interesting? That? That's hard to say. I mean, the most interesting um, to me was when they played, the Wonder Woman team played uh, Werewolf or whatever the game's called. That's the most interesting. Are you talking about, like, my most favorite or, or... Okay, we can stop and talk about Werewolf a minute. Do you guys call that game Werewolf, or do you call it something else? I have never played it before in my life. I missed it. Catch me up. What they? What did they do? So it's a game where people are given different cards or different roles, and some of them are villains, some of them are the detective, some of them are good guys, some of them are just regular citizens, and everybody like closes their eyes or puts their head down. And then the bad guys try to kill all the citizens, and the citizens try to figure out who the bad guys are. And after each round, you, like, interrogate each other. I've played it, but I don't think we called it Werewolf. I don't remember what we called it, though. It's Mafia. Mafia! When I grew up, it was always called Mafia. Yeah. You're in the Mafia, or you're the cop, or you're the doctor. I've never heard it called Werewolf. So so. maybe DC doesn't want to piss off the Mafia, so they gave it a um, non-mob associated name but either way it's uh it's a game best played if you're playing the game (laughs) instead of watching it especially online um so that was the most interesting for me i would say probably my favorite is suicide squad followed by the batman okay well let's talk about that because we don't ever talk about james gunn on this podcast because we're a dc podcast so we don't have deep feelings about james gunn that we've talked about at length uh, are you excited to see James Gunn finally come into the DC uh, EU? Absolutely. You know, if I had to choose you know, a favorite Marvel movie, um, I haven't gotten caught up on on most of them, but the Guardians ones are are probably my favorite. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff tends to run together, and and you can't really differentiate between. This movie and that movie, but Guns, Guardians. That's the one with the talking log, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and um, The Raccoon um, and Chris Pratt. Um, So those are probably my favorite. It's hard to tell them apart because they're so bright and bubblegummy and, like, there's just no seriousness or depth of drama to them. So it is hard to watch them, you know, on those those grounds. So, I I mean, that's that was kind of the big win for me. You know, I've always wanted to see Bloodsport and Mongol and and Javelin and Savant um, finally make it into live action. So I'm really excited to see what um, someone like James Gunn could do with those characters. Uh, Rhiannon, I think you were watching for one very specific thing. I'm guessing you were disappointed by it. Well, I know. It's very random. Like, I, uh, Juan Diego Boto, he was on the panel, and he's in this movie, and, like, none of y'all have ever heard of him, and I, I know that's true for, like, everybody in the world, but um, I followed his career for a very long time and really like him, and I actually had to watch, like, the little rollout of characters. I watched it, like, three times, and I was like, how did I miss his name? So, he's... The Presidente? El Presidente? Something like that, yeah. So so who the heck is Presidente? Is he just so irrelevant he's not in the real? But, like, they had him there at the panel. And they didn't have Taika Waititi. Right. I I got the sense he plays, like... So they're really playing this up as, like, a war movie? Like a 70s, dirty dozen kind of war deal? 
Mm-hmm. It, it almost makes me think of like Tropic Thunder. I don't know if that's the right like comparison, but um, yeah, it seems that he's the president of whatever country that Task Force X is being sent to invade. That's the sense that I maybe got out of it. Okay, and that's what I was. I mean, because like they didn't reveal who the villain is or what the mission is, so I wondered if that's what he was associated with. Yeah, it did. Uh, I've been watching Thirty Rock. And there's an episode where Alec Baldwin finds out there's a Mexican soap opera actor named the Generalissimo that looks exactly like him. And I don't know why, when I saw the artwork, I was like, it's the Generalissimo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah, and the artwork came out, like, later. Like, I don't know. I I could only half watch. So my fandom experience was ruined by a Thursday night email saying I had to work all day Saturday. So I was trying... And it was all video conferencing. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you have this task to get done. It was, like, video conferencing all day. So, like, I had fandom, like, set up so I could kind of see it, but it looked like I was looking at my monitor. Um, so, yeah, I missed things. But, so, like, afterwards, I was like, where did I miss? Where they revealed what he is and what he does? And evidently, I didn't. I felt like the behind-the-scenes footage looked great for Suicide. Yes. Like, it's just... It looks like it's going to have a fun tone. It looks like it's going to be funny. I think they're smart in kind of giving it a genre. Like, I don't know. It feels like a Vietnam War movie almost. Like, it's... And it's not what I expected at all. But the whole thing's got a cool retro kind of vibe to it. Uh, The cast is so huge. You just know some of them are cannon fodder. And it's going to be awesome to see who dies and how quickly they die, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it looks, and that's the thing, man. Um, this, they're, they're letting, I have a feeling they're letting James go, um, no holds bar type of, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a hard R movie. Um, and they're just letting James be James and taking him kind of back to his, his roots and filmmaking with Slither and, and the trauma stuff. I mean, we've seen... In the set photos we saw, um, you know, we saw the uniforms and they look just as corny and campy and all the promo stuff, um, which is great. There's there's little black leather suits here. Um, there's still some, um, but I mean, Flula Borg just looks so bonkers and they gave Michael Rooker like snow white hair. Um uh, it looks great. I, I love the aesthetics that they're going for, especially with the branding, um, the the haphazard, um, crazy type stuff. Yet again, they're all um, they're making sure to keep it very comic booky. You, I mean, throughout the whole entire character trailer, you have the the halftone patterns and such. Um, so yeah, it's I would say Suicide Squad is definitely the biggest fandom winner. Batman a close second. Will they kill somebody big early? Like, is yes. there any shot that, like, Idris Elba or Margot Robbie goes down in the first ten minutes? Or uh, I don't think those two. Maybe uh, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, Probably okay, Michael that. Rooker. Because there were, um, when they shifted to Panama, there were, there were set photos leaked of Idris, Margot... Steve Agee, who plays the motion capture King Shark, which we should also talk about because I'm pretty sure everyone knows who's voicing King Shark. Um, and then Dost Malchian's uh, Polka Dot Man was also in those. Um, so I think that's kind of like the final team of sorts. But I mean, I, I, I assume Pete Davidson dies within the first 10 minutes. What if Weasel's the hero? Weasels also dying very early on. I don't know. I love that design. When I saw that, I was like, that is the most Sean Gunnian character that he could possibly be. Um, Tyka's totally King Shark, right? That's what he's voicing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think so. I well, hope Rhiannon so. said, we don't really have a villain in this, do we? Uh, it leaked shortly beforehand, but they never did talk about it. And it's amazing. I don't want to spoil you too, but I don't even think you you care. 
enough. No, we, we I mean, we our listeners care for us not to spoil DC movies, right? Because they trust us with all things DC. Right, right. So, so it's reported, it's rumored to be out there. There was a big, there was kerfuffle with scoopers. Yes, because yeah, yeah, it's out there. Just search Suicide Squad villain, and it's it's peak James Gunn. So. All right, uh, I guess we should talk about the Batman then, second. Does that sound good? Rhiannon, I know you've told us many times. How do you generally feel about Batman movies? I love Batman. I love Batman. Um, like, Batman was my first superhero. I used to watch him, like, back in the day. Um, on, like, Family Channel, the Adam West version. Uh, which is also when I discovered Juan Diego Boto, which is way more than anybody listening needs to know um so like i i've i've i I had my doubts about battinson um he's he's just weird uh but that worked out well for joker so um i i've watched the trailer a couple of times and it looks very gritty and grounded so I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, 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 I've been trying to figure out how I feel about it. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, like, it was very, very grounded. Yeah, at that point where he started beating up the guy in the face mask, or the face paint. Mm-hmm. It, that was it, very... It felt like yeah. a Netflix show, almost. I mean, like, yeah. I can't put my finger on which Netflix show, but <laughs> it did have a little bit that feel. It really did. I think I watched that one a few years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're like Batman copycat show that they had. <laughs> That's right, the, um, the character that has no redeeming value because it's such a clearly a ripoff of Batman. Yeah, yeah, uh, but without gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it reminded me of that a lot. I, I I felt that a lot too, especially the like coming down off the scaffolding and and just punching somebody silly. Um, it felt a lot like that Marvel ripoff of Batman. Adam? Uh, listening to Matt Reeves speak about his property um, really wants me to see him do a bunch more Batman movies. He, he very clearly cares about the Batman. Um, and it's definitely nothing... We've really seen before. I mean, it's certainly not Christian Bale Batman. It's most definitely not Ben Affleck Batman. Um, and I, I think it's something something we need. I mean, it's probably the freshest Batman we've gotten. There's there's going to be all sorts of debates whether or not Batman should should kill or whatnot. Um, but at least now, instead of what they did with Affleck. Where where he was an older Batman killer. This is the Batman still trying to find out um, what being Batman is. You know, I think Reeves said year two. Um, so only he's he's only been Batman for a year and a half or something by this point. Um, he's just so, a bat baby. Yeah. So so I'm excited. Paul Dano. I mean, he's just gonna kill it as a Riddler. Some people think that that's actually Colin Farrell in the trailer. Which, if it is, that's absolutely nuts. Um, and they'll probably wear get will get an, an Oscar for hair and makeup if that's the case. Some people say he hasn't filmed anything as Penguin. Others insist that um, he's the rainy Richard Kind looking dude. Um, so we'll see. I'm a big, big fan of what we've seen. I mean, the he still has the Batmobile, but it's not like it's... Uh, Iron Man Batmobile. It's like a um, angsty teen Batmobile type thing that he cobbled together. So, I, I mean, I'm excited for it. Matt Reeves is is clearly excited for it. So, um, I'm hyped. It seems like they're um, they're really letting filmmakers do what they want with this stuff, which is which is excellent. You have Matt Reeves. You have James Gunn. You have um, David Sandberg, who's, who's pushing Shazam to. All sorts of crazy things I never thought they would. So I am excited for the Batman. Yeah, I was not. So I generally loved most everything. The one thing I thought was weird was the way Reeves was like, this is like Batman year two. 
And I was like, is that different that much from Batman Year One? Like, I know everybody and their brother always wants to do Batman Year One, and Batman Begins was kind of Batman Year One. Like, I know he's trying to differentiate himself. But when he kept saying that, I was like, is Year Two of Batman that different than Year One of Batman? I thought that was a little silly. I think but... he kept saying that to stress that it wasn't an origin movie, but it's still not veteran Batman. Like, I don't think we're going to see Thomas and Martha get shot again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How will people even understand the concept of the Batman if you don't see his parents get murdered? That's true. Like, I, if, I if mean, you're a superhero that's... that has someone who dies and it makes you a hero, there is no way that you could possibly have a movie that would be good without telling that origin. Like, if there was another character of a similar caliber that maybe had a recent set of movies, like, you know, maybe a Marvel one, and they skipped that character's, say, Uncle Dine, there's no way that could have ever worked, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why the Spider-Man movies obviously flopped. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, but I just, I don't know how you would even follow. I mean, that's such a critical part of the Batman. I mean, if you're going to skip that part, why don't you just call it, like, I don't know the billionaire Bruce Wayne or something. I don't know. I mean, the, uh, I have a feeling, I have a really good feeling it's totally going to be without, I have a hunch. I think it would be the first time ever. I don't know. I mean, I thought they were contractually obligated to put, to put the death of Batman's parents in every movie remotely related to Batman. We got it in Joker. I know. I know critical i i'm really sad that we didn't see it in harley quinn it's probably why that movie flopped that uh the harley quinn cartoon is also amazing by the way it's probably something caleb shouldn't show his children but it's amazing never ever very very good cartoon like really i don't think children should watch anything that's on dc universe right yeah they really have kind of pushed the like adult irreverent side of things on dcu yeah i was really impressed uh when reeves started talking about um the movies that influenced him he's like probably the biggest one is chinatown i am totally in like i love chinatown the idea that we're gonna actually see a batman movie where he's a detective for once like, they've done everything in the Batman mythos in the movies, except for really a good detective story. And so even, like, the Ransom Notes and the Riddler and the serial killer vibe, like, all of that stuff really had me excited for for what's coming, you know. And why wouldn't you have Riddler, you know, if that's something you're trying to prove? You know, he, he said, Reeves has said time and time again, you know, it's the noir detective-based Story, which is something we see right away with Batman showing up to the crime scene and working out uh, or working with um, Mr. Gordon, who is not commissioner yet, mind you. He's he's just a lowly detective at this point. Um, so, I mean, this I think this then we got uh, Selena Kyle still. Um, we saw her, too. So um, pretty, pretty excited. It, look, it looks good. It, it was one of those trailers. There were several points where I was like, oh, yes. You know, like, that's so cool. Like, like verbally, like, responding to it, which is, is always a good thing. The vengeance line, too. I think that's the only time he talked. That was, that's iconic, perfect. So I think a lot of people are starting to turn around on Battinson, at least what I've seen on Twitter. And that's a subversion, I think, of the expectation, too. Because that's usually a scene when they go, you know, where he would say, I'm Batman, you know? And so, like, the I'm Vengeance, I felt like, hit even more because it wasn't I'm Batman. But it was still in a bat voice. It was still in the bat voice, man. You cannot get past that, I guess. No, no. Um, I I, I mean, I had a chance this afternoon to talk to one of my friends that is a die-hard Batman, just, like, die-hard Batman fan, who was really... um, uncertain when they cast Battinson and he he loved him as Batman so you know just like but then like Bruce Wayne it's like 
And I kind of felt the same way. Like, I didn't see Bruce Wayne when he was out of costume. Yeah, I'm still not sure. He looks very emo. You know, like... So yeah. let's talk about that for a second. Like Thank a little sad vampire. God, they're doing the eye makeup and canon in one of these movies. They have ignored it for... How old's Batman now? Like 80 years old, 100 years old, something like that? And they are actually... eyeliner? Yeah, he has to wear eyeliner under the cowl because his masks never go all the way up to his eyes. So they've always wore the eyeliner. Or not, what is it called? The eye makeup, whatever. Um, And here we are. Battenson takes off the helmet and looks all emo because he has to wear the wear the eye makeup and they showed it in the trailer if he's wearing like a a studded like leather bracelet from uh from uh like from oh from hot topic from hot topic or like a wallet with like a chain down to his knee or something i give up you know like i cannot go there i just that all felt like his vibe at that moment but that's, I mean, that's perfectly aligned with Batman, you know, and, and him trying to become Batman. I will say Reeves has apparently never watched Gotham um, when it was on Fox because a lot of the stuff he said we've never seen before um, appeared on Gotham, which is a very solid show if either of you, um, you know, would want to rewatch it or something. Um, well, of course we've watched it. Uh, yeah, very solid. remember we did those reviews every week, Adam, about how we yeah. felt about that week's episode of Gotham. Oh, but it's a, a super dope show. I like it. Um, so yeah, but you know, and then he talked you about won't shut uh, up about it. He talked about Gotham uh, PD as well, which is a prequel to the movie. That does feel a bit like like Gotham PD is like it's. The same show again, but a little more grown up for people who skipped it on the CW. Like, you know, it seems to be so similar. No, it, to was, it was on Fox. It was. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. It was on Fox, so it wasn't. Uh, it was much grittier. Uh, it was probably tonally similar to um, Netflix stuff for sure. Is Battenson going to. Battenson. Pattinson going to show up? in that show or do you, have we heard like if he's been contracted to be in that i don't know maybe he really wants to do it um and he was the uh he helped design the suit which was also another cool tidbit um which i like a lot more now that i've heard reeves expo- eh, explanation on it and seeing it in the light and stuff about how uh it goes into the character. You know, it's one of the first bat suits he's ever made. It probably is the first bat suit he's ever made. I mean, he made it himself. So, I don't know. It's still growing on me. I'm not completely sold over it um, just because it looks less refined than, I mean, that super smooth Ben Affleck suit. But it's still not bad. I didn't watch close enough. Did it have nipples? No. Unfortunately not. And it, it it is a gun, right? The bat symbol is. They, I don't think anyone's confirmed that. A lot of people think it it might be Joe Chill's gun, um, which would be dope. Um, but I don't think that's been confirmed. That'd be super super Batman-y, though. I think he does it in one of the comics. I did think it was kind of clever when they said that they're going to base Gotham City off Liverpool. Like it was just a very left field choice to me, but is interesting. Because one of the things that really defined Nolan's Batman to me is that he was in Chicago Gotham, and it was so different than, like, a New York Gotham. And so going to someplace totally different, I think, is a very interesting, fascinating, cool thing, you know? Right, right. Oh, totally. And that's the thing. I mean, we're used to American architecture in Chicago and Pittsburgh and such, and I liked the explanation where Gotham is a fake city. A fictional city, um, excuse me. And uh, at least Liverpool is less, um, what do you say, less familiar with the vast majority of people who are going to see the movie. Um, so why not? Certainly does have different vibes, that's for sure. All right, we got lots of good panels. Let's keep going. Uh, let's talk about Wonder Woman. 
we got yet another Wonder Woman trailer. Is this like the fourth trailer, fifth trailer? This poor movie keeps getting moved back. We keep seeing more, you know, stuff from it. Yeah, I don't know. I lost count. I, there's been several TV spots, but I think it's only like the second or third actual trailer. I will never get over her swinging from lightning, and then they showed her in this one sling, swinging from clouds. It's just incredible. I do not care what Cheetah looks like as long as Wonder Woman can swing from lightning. Yeah, I I thought uh, it was interesting that we finally... I don't know, I thought they were going to hold back Cheetah until the movie came out to show her look. So the fact that we actually got it there I thought was fascinating. And she's against her in the... Uh, I want to call it the chicken outfit. What's it called? Like the Golden Eagle. Bird. Yeah, the Golden Eagle outfit. So that was uh, good. So this is a very random topic. Did you feel like... I really liked a lot of stuff. We'll talk about the event in general in a minute. But did you feel like the video and audio content quality really like was vastly different on different panels like the wonder woman panel was crisp they had like nice colorful backgrounds that they clearly shipped to each of the person's houses you could hear the audio very well there there was good definition on the screen and then suicide squad looked okay but they were yelling into the microphone and it felt like a bad zoom call half the time and then Ezra Miller looked like he called in in the flash panel from a dial-up connection. I just don't understand, like, how they didn't manage some uniformity in the video quality of what they did, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, the people who uh, had less... I mean, they had all the same backgrounds and, and stuff for Suicide Squad, too. Um, so I, I think it's just a simple matter of, of budgeting and, and something like that, right? Because Flash was five minutes long, maybe? Maybe maybe the people that were supposed to edit it got laid off halfway through? That's that possible. too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they recorded half of them, and then the layoffs happened, and the rest of them, you, know, you just have some unpaid intern putting it together. Yeah. I was really interested in the Batman panel. I felt like the interview lady shaped her body very differently than Matt Reeves shaped like you could tell that they were not in the same place when they shot it because they did not look like they were naturally standing. I liked most of what they did with that big background and the red and black and all that, but it really did look like they got two different instructions about how much to open the camera and how much to like shape towards one another. Hey man, if that is the biggest criticism I have over the look and feel of this whole thing, I that's a okay with me. I mean, I think it it crapped out on me once, um, and that might have been an internet issue or, or something with my iPad. Um, but I think I streamed straight through for four hours each time, damn near. Uh, all right, there's a few other panels we can talk about, probably shorter. Um, so Shazam, uh, that panel, we got a title. I believe it's Shazam something of the gods. What was it? Fury. Aaron? Fury of the Gods. Fury of the Gods. So, Fury of the Gods. Uh, I think it was cool that they gave us something, because it looked like mm-hmm. it was going to be a nothing panel for a big bunch of it. Right. Um, I'm excited for another Shazam. Shazam was one of... I mean, it wasn't dark and broody enough for me, because I'm a big DC fan, but I really did enjoy its humor and its lightness and its funness, and uh, so I'm excited that that flavors in the DC universe as well. No, they gave Sandberg, you know, the the right to to bring the flavors. You know, he's um, he's from horror, and, and we got that certainly in there. There's jump scares, and I mean, it's not certainly a, a horror movie, um, but it does have very scary moments. Even though it's a very very, I mean, there's there also has a lighter tone. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hyped for Shazam too. I'm also hyped for Black Adam. Who may or may not be in Shazam too? I feared they were gonna like announce that yesterday or something, since they were both there. But hmm. well, and we shouldn't overlook the fact that Simbad is finally going to be in a Shazam movie. Maybe no one knows what's going on. Maybe the culture. You guys know. I mean, yes, okay. the Mandela yeah. effect. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That one is one I am totally. The Shazam, Kazam, Sinbad, Shaq thing 
Like, that is a Mandela effect that I am... That one and the correct spelling of Berenstein Bears. I still feel like somebody snuck into my house and stole all my Berenstein Bear books and changed the spelling of the name on the front. Or, uh, the only one I think is the, the Fruit of the Loom logo. If you've gone down that rabbit hole... What's the thing you carry the fruit in? Like, the horn thing? Apparently horn that's... Plenty, yeah. That's never been part of the logo or something? I don't know. You'll have to dive down that rabbit hole sometime. Yeah, of course not. Uh, so, Adam, you mentioned Black Adam. I guess we'll do that together oh, with Shazam. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I really bought The Rock as, like, a bad guy until there was just a couple moments. The ways he looked at the camera and the smile, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, it's going to be enjoyable to watch him be a little more mischievous and evil, you know? Uh, so that's the thing. So Black Adam, he's really... He's not really a, a bad guy. I, uh, he's somewhere between Punisher and Magneto and maybe some Doctor Doom benevolence, I would say. I mean, a lot of the times yeah, he's I mean, full-on anti We maybe should explain those characters. I, don't worry about it. I mean, I know our, our listeners won't know who those people are. Since right, right, right. I don't think, but, in this yeah. one, I don't think he's got to be full-on villain. I will say I am a lot more... He's Dwayne Johnson. It's going to be a billion-dollar movie just by having his name attached to it. It's going to make all sorts of crazy money. But I am probably more excited for the supporting characters than I am for Black Adam. Dr. Fate's easily one of my favorite comic book characters of all time, plus Hawkman um, and Cyclone and Atom Smasher. Um, I mean, pretty obviously, Dr. Fate's a better character than Dr. Strange, but how do you think they differentiate Dr. Fate from Doctor Strange in the marketplace? Uh, I think they're pretty different. Uh, with Doctor Fate, you almost have a uh, Moon Knight, Mark Spector-like DID kind of scenario where, it, where it's the human character, which, I mean, there's been dozens of other Doctor Fates and then Nobu, who's the resides in the helmet and such. I don't think it's... Um, super Doctor Strangey. Well, um, I obviously knew that, but you know, for our listeners who maybe don't right. know that character, that's helpful to. Right. to no, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it'll be clear enough. Um, I mean, they're both mystical characters, and that's kind of about it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they try to launch into a Justice Society of America movie off the back of that, or. It does seem that DC is expanding character bases pretty quickly. I mean, Suicide Squad's going to introduce 16 characters or whatever, and then we're going to see another four come in with Black Adam, and uh, it's just it's kind of interesting to see how fast that universe is trying to uh, add characters to their, their repertoire. Right, right, right. All right, we're going a little faster now. Uh, there was a very small flash panel... The only main thing I took from it is that no matter how much they try, they will never convince me to like Ezra Miller. Yeah, the whole quirkiness and the the title cards was was way too much. Uh, I loved the new suit looks dope, and the yeah. concept art with uh, Keaton's Batman in it also excited me a lot. Well, I kind of hated the Justice League suit. I never understood why a character who'd want to streamline would want to look like a Transformer with all the jagged edges, so... Right. No, I, I agree fully with you. I'm, uh... And then, of course, there was the Batflick news ahead of time, um, which wasn't even talked about. Um, you probably haven't seen the It movies, I would assume not. No. Um, but I also enjoy those, so, uh... Muschetti, I believe how he said his name. I've been pronouncing his name wrong all along. Um, I have faith in him. It, so it's like it's going to have spaghetti. Like, yeah, I think it's Muschetti, or he called it Muschetti. It's definitely not Muschietti. Um, he definitely didn't say that. It rhymes with spaghetti, not machete. Wait a minute, those words rhyme with each other. What? <laughs> right. So. Uh... Yeah, I have I have a pretty good faith in that one. Um, I'm ve- you could tell it was totally a PR move and beefing uh, 
Ezra's quirkiness over uh, to the point it was incredibly nauseating. Um, but at least we got concept art. It was so weird. It was like, hey, look at this guy who's so fun and so goofy. He's so goofy, no one would ever believe that he'd push a fan to the street on the sidewalk, you know? Yeah, and <laughs> punched her in the face. Uh, I'm just trying to flip through. Oh. So there's also Snyder Cut stuff that came out. Mm-hmm. There sure was. Did Rihanna, did you see the trailer for the Snyder Cut? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And since I never watched the original, I have to say this one looked amazing. I mean, of course you did because we did an episode on it 110 episodes again, but <laughs> but this one looked amazing. I don't know. I can't act like I'm excited about the Snyder Cut. I can't. I can't. I'm like, there's a point where I draw the line, Caleb. Every time he was on the screen, and you could just tell he was smiling from ear to ear, like... Oh, I'm trying to think of that adorable expression, like the fox that got into the hen house or whatever. Like, he was just so happy with himself that he was getting this. And I was just like, oh. Like using hallelujah as the background music. Hallelujah for your trailer. Like, I... Congratulations to the fans that fought really hard for that. I hope they love it. Well, and I, it's interesting. So there's a shot of Dark Side in the trailer. And I feel like already 10% of the Snyder Cut fans are, like, cannibalizing Snyder already because they're not happy with the way Darkseid looked in that trailer. And it's like, oh boy, here we go. This is just going to be a hot mess. Well, bless their hearts. Adam is our uh, resident uh, Snyder Cut defender. (laughs) What did you think of the trailer? It's all right. Um, I mean, I didn't really... um... I guess I kind of assumed we were going to see most of the stuff. Steppenwolf looks a lot better than he did in the um, Justice League, so there's that. Um, Do you feel like he had a little bit of an Ebony Maw look? A Corvus Glaive, if anything. Which is, uh, I don't know, you could say what he used to say, but I mean, Justice League was in development far before um, Infinity War, so... There's there's that, yeah. A lot of people thought it was Desaad, which would be cool. I think Desaad is in, in the movie somewhere. Um, I, I didn't mind Darkseid's look um, early in the visual effects, I would, I would guess. Um, so it is what it is. I hated the song's choice. I hated the panel. Um, and the uh, trailer's not too bad. I think maybe I've said this before. To me, it really depends on how much money they actually give him. Like, how much are they going to let him truly finish this out? And how much is it going to be like, here's a couple million dollars to, like, tighten this or that? Like, it it just seems like there's a value proposition here for HBO now of, like, at what point are they putting more money into it than they think they'll get out of it, you know? Right, right, right. Well, um... Uh, what's his name? Kevin Bailey was the HBO Max guy. Said it would. They were um, spending far more than thirty million dollars, but then he got fired in the layoffs. Um, After that comment, the, yeah. the, the board was like, "Excuse was me, like, wait, what? Yeah, we're, exactly. we're microwave ovening a movie that failed, and we're going to spend forty million dollars on it. What? Right, right. And by the, it sounds like it, it was substantially more than thirty million dollars. Um, day old pizza that we're putting that much money into. <laughs> so, so there's that. Okay, yeah. I think the only other thing I watched a little, I did watch a little bit of an Aquaman panel, but it was just like that was a very big. That was the biggest disappointment. Aquaman's fun. We'll do Aquaman again someday. Don't worry about yeah, it. And they it's didn't coming. even have Aquaman. Which which was bizarre, but... When that guy first showed up on screen, I'm like, why is Army Hammer here for this? Oh, wait a minute. No, right. that's somebody else. Yeah. Why'd everyone stop fancasting Army Hammer? Like, everyone wanted Army Hammer to be everything, like, two years ago. And now no one wants Army Hammer to be anything. So, like, the other panels, because, like, there was supposed to be a Doom Patrol panel. And, like I said, I wasn't able to watch a lot of stuff 
live. Did that happen? No, that the only TV one that had. Well, there there were two TVs. There were the Flash and uh, Titans, which is cool because they announced Red Hood's coming to Titans, as is Barbara Gordon and Scarecrow. Um, so that'll be good. I like Titans, but no, Doom Patrol is September twelfth. Oh, the panel. Oh, okay. So it's in that second round. Okay, because I was really looking. Because you guys know I I'm buddies with some of the Doom Patrol folks behind the scenes. My buddy Tamara that uh, came over from like the Marvel shows. Um, she's supposed to be on the Doom Patrol panel, so I was like looking for it and wondering where it went. Well, let's open this up more generally. I mean, let's talk about how you felt the event went overall, your enjoyment of it. You know, for those sad, sat Marvel fans that might be listening to our podcast, like, should they look forward to something like this? Would it be a good idea for Marvel? Just for hypothetically, since we have nothing else to talk about. Absolutely. It, this is going to be the route a lot of entities take. Um, a lot less overhead. If, imagine the money Comic-Con International could save by not having renting out the San Diego Convention Center or as much of the Convention Center. Um, I don't know, man. There's so much value to, like, hanging out with the other nerds. There's going to be far less conventions. I mean, things like Read Pop. Read Pop's probably not going to keep moving forward with eight conventions a year or whatever they do, or Wizard World's 24. Um, yeah, but San Diego. One, San Diego they're not going to be able to afford it. San, San Diego probably will, but there's going to be a lot more of this virtual stuff. There's there's more money to be had. Um, yeah, at, at can't least get with close the... to, Rhiannon can't get close to shirtless Scottish guys in kilts. Right on a virtual. Right. I mean, like um, I've I've had some pretty awesome experiences. Um, at San Diego Comic Con. I mean, no, but there is. I mean, like you can do this and you can watch this. And I think they did an amazing job. Like the little bit that I was able to watch, I think they they did a great job of creating something that felt exclusive and unique. And he, like they were really giving stuff to the fans. Um, I think any other properties, it would be awesome for them to do something similar. Um, I mean, Marvel doesn't do crap like that. They're all like, we're too good to do fan events. Um, but, like, I think even, like, some of the networks that go to Comic-Con and stuff would would do well to do this. And I think we may see this. Like, instead of having the... Uh, you know, the TCAs in January and all of that, maybe we will see some more of these events that are normally very very exclusive opened up to the general public because why not? Like, they're putting them together via Zoom anyways. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it was I think it was fun. Yeah, we'll see what the second half is like. The event that was so exciting, they had to split it into two. I am very happy they did that, by the way. Yeah. Because it was a nightmare covering it the way it was. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine doing 24 hours of that. Yes. Um, Adam's not dead today, so that means it's... Oh, a good no, I am. I, I am very not feeling well. Um, so I'm glad they did eight hours instead of the 100 they had planned. Do you have the COVID? No. Well, probably. I don't know. Maybe. I haven't got a test in. I could. He did go to the Chinese... He gave in and he went to the Chinese buffet last week. I so. have not, man. That's, <laughs> that's still too risky. I need to. I'm craving Chinese food so oh. damn bad. Oh, I'm having um, to make decisions. Tenet uh, is coming to a couple of theaters oh. here near me. And so I gotta make my choice. They released that second trailer, and I don't care if I have to wait till it's on Netflix, man. I do not want to... One, I don't want to go to the theater. Two, I don't want to go to a theater and have some bro breathing down my neck trying to explain every shot to me. Three, I I don't know. I'm too stupid to understand what the hell it is. It's not, it's not time travel, man. It's time and eversion, inversion. Uh, okay. 
cool. I don't want to have to think that much during a movie. If I had to think that much during Avengers Endgame with time travel, Tenet is a nightmare. Adam, you keep making all these random Marvel references. Why would you ever do that uh, since we're a DC podcast? I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just saying, I do not, uh, I am not the world's biggest cinema fan, apparently. Oh, speaking of Marvel people, um, big news for Jeff Loeb. Uh, Jeff Loeb's Batman The Long Halloween is being adapted into two animated movies. He seems like an interesting guy. I'm sure there's nothing dark in his closet that we wouldn't want to find out about. Maybe not. Not uh, dark enough to pull production on two animated movies. Coming back around to the fandom, I feel like um, the moment that really showed me how great this is is when they got Linda Carter to show up to the Wonder Woman panel. And it was actually like a really sweet, touching moment. And it's the kind of thing you can do on here so easily, right? You just get Linda Carter to jump onto a Zoom call and you can have that moment. If you had to fly her, you know, to a place and give her a day or two of time and, you know, pay for her to stay in a hotel, like it's a moment they could do with little overhead that I don't know if they would have paid to do at a con. And that's, that's, I think, nice to be able to do things like that. But they still do, I mean, at cons, they still do pre-recorded stuff. They still do video. I mean, there's been plenty of cons where, like, one person can't be there, so they have them what we would now call zoom and and you know I, I i don't feel like that type of thing i mean we've seen that type of stuff happen at san diego enough give me my live con stop acting like this is acceptable the, the other thing i love is the idea that there's no question about like well is there something that's good enough to show at the con but not good enough to hit the internet because that's always been frustrating to someone who's not been at a con to hear like, oh, there was a sweet trailer and they showed it, but it's not ready to put on the internet. So you had to be in the room to see it. Like, I love that it's something like this stuff's either ready for the public or it's not. And I don't know, I kind of like the democratization of we all get to see it at once or we all don't get to see it at once, you know? Right. I mean, do something like uh, what the Suicide Squad did, man, and do the the behind-the-scenes stuff, and then insert the three clips with CGI, like the weasel stuff. Um, I am very surprised they brought a full-length trailer for Batman, and it looked finished, because they have three-quarters of that movie yet to film. Well, and that's what, I mean, like, the Suicide Squad one, like... From my experience at cons, like, okay, that reel of who's playing who, that would go out to the public, but that little behind-the-scenes thing never would. And, you know, that's the type of thing that people that are there would be like, oh, okay, that, you know, like, oh, there was this cool behind-the-scenes, you could see, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it is cool that everybody's getting to see that. I guess. Sorry. What'd you guys think of this idea that they do a schedule... And you can't watch it on demand, but they do encore it three times. So then, like, you have to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch something? Like, I don't know. I I guess I get it to make it feel like an event, but... That is a hell of a lot easier than booking a plane ticket and a hotel room and doing your itinerary and rubbing shoulders with a yeah. hundred of people who haven't showered in the past I think what week. I'm saying, Adam, is why not just make it on demand after it's gone live, you know? It will be eventually. They made, but the thing, I can, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, they did publish everything outside of the panels. I mean, all of the trailers and stuff they did publish regardless. Um so at least there's I that. Think it, I think it lended towards the feeling of this being an occasion. And I think it... Um, and I think the three different times was very nice for worldwide watching. You know, if it's 2 a.m. in your time zone, it might be noon somewhere else and they can do it. And they were pushing that hard with their, like, 15 different hosts from every continent and from all different, like, countries. I thought they did a, the fan questions. Like, they worked very hard to show that this was an international event. 
I do like that is the one thing that I will give this over live cons is I love filtered and carefully curated fan questions. I never, ever want a Q&A from San Diego ever again. I was still amazed at how, I mean, I know why they do it, but there were so many stupid ones still. Like, I watched the Wonder Woman panel and they're like, what was it like to be all together again after you made the first one together? And it's like, come on, can we get like something more substantive? But. I guess the actors and actresses like those, you know, softball questions to start with or whatever. Well, and I mean, I think Adam talked about this a few weeks ago, like the San Diego at home, their like their professional panel hosts were asking questions just that stupid. So, you know, I'd rather take that than can I get a hug? Or, I know. love you so much, and it will. I'll kill myself if I don't get your signature. Can I please come up? And they're like, oh, oh, this is very uncomfortable. Uh, we don't. Wanna... I wrote a script. Can you read it? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, there's, yeah. So, I will give the virtual cons a point for Q and A. I also, um, it was interesting. I liked the Batman panel because it was a little more substantive. But the idea of if they have 10 minutes of stuff, they did a 10-minute panel. If they have 30 minutes, they do a 30-minute Like, it's just so brilliant. Like, the scheduling, I feel like, at real cons is kind of blocked in certain amounts. So sometimes you go to a panel at a con that's 45 minutes because all of them are 45 minutes. And you're like, they had four minutes of things to talk about, and they're totally fluffing out the rest of it. Whereas this, they gave you exactly what they needed, and then they moved on to the next thing, you know? Uh, I would read the mailbag. I think we had lots of comments about our uh, Green Arrow series finale episode last time, but we'll uh, we'll we'll hit those next time. Don't worry, mailbaggers. We'll uh, we'll talk to you about that finale that you want to talk about. But I think that'll do it for now. We really appreciate you guys supporting the show. Um, for some weird reason, you can support us at Patreon.com/slash/MarvelNewsDesk. I don't know why we haven't changed that URL yet, but. Um, that's a way you can support us. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back next week with a little more typical podcast, but uh, thanks for listening. I was just, I just had this moment where I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to act like I don't hate Justice League.